You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hi, you're listening to episode 172 of the Blended Family Podcast. I hope you're all doing fantastic. Sorry this show is a little bit late, but better late than never. I had all intentions of getting the show done this past weekend, but I was consumed with my daughter's dance recital. They had a dress rehearsal on Saturday, and the actual recital was on Sunday, but they make you do the full hair and makeup for both days, And so basically both days, that's what I was doing for the entire day. It was all day long on both days. So I was just exhausted and I figured you'd understand if I was just a day late here. We finished school here in Florida. So we're already a couple of weeks into our summer break. Sean and I went to Las Vegas, as many of you know, which was a trip that we planned over a year ago, but it had been postponed several times. So we went there over the Memorial Day weekend and it was fun, but it was tiring. We didn't sleep much. I guess most people don't sleep much when they go over to Vegas. There's so much going on and you kind of want to make the best of your trip and nobody ever goes to sleep. So you don't really want to go to sleep. So after we got home that first week, we kind of recuperated as much as we could, and we're just kind of getting back on track here. The diet is the worst part about traveling. You eat things that you don't normally eat, and so my whole system gets messed up when I travel. And I actually just started a 30-day detox tea, so I'm hoping that that might kickstart my body back into health again. And I'm actually trying out this tea to see if it's going to be a good fit for you guys um, for advertising. So I'm kind of going to do a little test on it and see what I think because I never put anything on the show that I don't actually think is a great product for you. So here at home, we actually just figured out that my stepdaughter has gluten sensitivities. All year she's been complaining about her stomach hurting. And at first we thought it was just anxiety related or acid indigestion. But recently we had a feeling we needed to check on the gluten. So We noticed after feeding her gluten-free, no pains at all in her stomach. So I've been researching what kinds of foods she can and cannot eat now. And I was definitely surprised at some of the foods that gluten hides in. So I guess it's kind of weird because she never had an issue her whole life until recently. And I didn't realize that people could just develop gluten intolerance out of nowhere. So I don't know if puberty has something to do with it or not. This just started happening a little after she turned 14. And I also had a client whose son had the same thing happen to him in high school, but his symptoms were were not stomach related. He had a cough, an unexplained cough, which turned out to be a gluten issue. So keep an eye on your kids. You never know when something could suddenly pop up. After doing some research, I may try to lower the gluten intake for my whole family, which is not as expensive as I thought it was going to be. I was terrified thinking this is going to be crazy because I know some people years ago who had to do gluten-free and it was very expensive. But now Walmart and Aldi's, they actually offer a lot of gluten-free products now. So that was kind of a plus. But if anybody has some great tips or 
recipes or anything that are gluten-free, please reach out because we're going to need all that kind of stuff now. Anyway, it is the first show of the month, so that means an interview show. My guest today is an amazing woman who learned to use therapeutic knitting as a way to cope with a cancer diagnosis. So you will definitely want to listen to our conversation. Uh, stay tuned after the interview because I'll be doing another giveaway for you. Remember, if you want to be eligible for these monthly giveaways, you only need to be a part of my list. Being a member of my list is safe and free. I will not give away your information nor will I bombard you with daily emails that you don't have time for. I know how busy you are, I am too. Therefore, you can expect to receive only one newsletter a month, and it will be short. And you'll also get a free quiz when you join. Once you do join, you will be automatically entered into every monthly giveaway, which are always on the first show of every month. And the link for that is blendedfamilypodcast.com slash subscribe. That link is also in the show notes for you if that's easier. And that is all for my announcements today. I hope you enjoy the interview. Today's guest is Andrea Santiago Malcolm. Andrea is a licensed clinical social worker and certified sex therapist. In that time, she's found she really loves working with couples who are ready to own and revitalize their sexuality with a mix of real talk and a sense of humor. She believes that sex is natural, important, and nothing to be embarrassed about. Andrea is also a cancer survivor and enjoys helping others navigate that space as well. She's a stepmother and knows what it's like to have all the joys and challenges that come with her role as a step-parent. Andrea enjoys assisting others in dealing with similar life stressors because she has a lot to draw from and can offer real talk and genuine empathy, coupled with easily applied solutions to these challenges. She teaches multiple coping mechanisms, including therapeutic knitting, which is an evidence-based, portable, and fun way to cope with life. Andrea's private practice, 363 Therapy, has two offices in South Florida, one in Boca Raton and the other in Fort Lauderdale. Welcome to the show, Andrea. I'm thankful that you're here. Thanks for having me. So there's a lot to talk about today, but I definitely want to start with your story. You are both a certified sex therapist and a licensed clinical social worker, but really you're so much more. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about you and your family? Okay. I am a licensed clinical social worker and a certified sex therapist. Um, when I was in school, I found that talking about sex, it was something that I was comfortable with. And when you kind of look around the room, I noticed that not everybody was comfortable with talking about sex. And that's how I kind of zoned in on that. Um, I love working with people. I love my private practice and helping others, you know, navigate through life. As I tell all of my clients, I don't have magic, but I can help guide them into different directions, different suggestions. Mm-hmm. My family, my family's amazing. I have a huge extended family. And at home, I have my husband and his two daughters, my bonus kids. Um, there are 12 and 8. Um, and we have, ha- we have joint custody. So they're with us half of the time. And it has been a lot of fun learning how to be, um, you know, learning how to be a stepmom. It's interesting because I've, I've had all this clinical training, so you would think I would be an expert, and I was very cocky in the beginning that I was mm-hmm. going to be this awesome, amazing stepmom. Kids love me, of course, so why wouldn't it be easy? And it was so much harder than I thought it was, not because of the kids or anything, just because of the nature of you're blending a family together. That's right. How long have you been a stepmom for? 
um, I've been in the girls' lives for about four years. Okay. Yeah, it's always amazing how we all, I mean, I did it too, you all think, this is going to be easy, this is great, and then you get in there and hands-on, you realize that it's definitely a lot more difficult than you thought it was going to be. Now, you had a cancer diagnosis back in 2014, and that actually played quite a role in your life. So I want you to tell us about that, about what you went through. Okay. It, I mean, when my boyfriend and I, my now husband at the, my now husband um, got together, we had moved in in about November of 2014. And in December, early January of 2015, I was diagnosed with an early stage of breast cancer. And we had just moved in with the girls. And the last few years, since the girls have known me, I've had four major surgeries. Um, the breast cancer diagnosis led to a change in hormones, which led to me um, having to have a hysterectomy. Um, I didn't recover well from either surgery, so I had to have the breast implants had to be redone. The hysterectomy, they tried to do a partial. We had to go back in for more. And all of this with a brand new family. So really, you know, when I was single and working on my own and living life on my own, I was very type A. I'm still a little type A, but I think the diagnosis has had to ease that. Learning how to manage that with a family um, has really changed how I practice therapy, how I parent, how I'm a partner, because you really, by the end of the day, you don't have control over a lot in your life. And we learned that the hard way. And just when we thought we were over something, I would have another health hurdle. And we had to show the girls, you know what, we're just taking it one step at a time. And this is how we're going to deal. And we're going to make the most of it. How did they handle it? The girls? They handled it really well. It was interesting. I was talking with um, the oldest one yesterday and we were talking about freaking out. You know, when do you freak out? And I said, you know, when I was diagnosed, I, I freaked out. You did? I never saw that. I said, well, there's a time and a place. I said, I waited for, you know, I didn't freak out when I thought it might be when I had my first test. I didn't freak out when I was waiting for tests. I said, I didn't freak out in front of you because it was appropriate. It wasn't appropriate. But at home, I have my freak out. I said, some people it's shopping. Some people it's crying. Um, you know, they've been... I think they've been, as they get older, they start to understand more what happened. And we've kept it, I think we've kept keeping the information about them. They don't know all the details, but they know just enough about what surgeries I have and to understand that they can't touch me all the time. You know, there were times where they just couldn't hug me. They couldn't snuggle me. They couldn't, um, or I was just tired. There were times where I was just darn tired and I would have to be in bed or, I was really cranky. And sometimes I would say, you know what, I had a really, I was in a lot of pain and I was just cranky. And I think that helped them learn that, yes, I'm an adult, but I'm not magic. I'm a human being. And it's okay to say, I was cranky because I was in pain and I apologize for my behavior, even if I'm the stepmom. Yeah. Uh, how's your health now? You know, we're taking it day by day. It's doing great. Good. You know, I, I've been, uh, I get do my one year follow up next year with my oncologist. So I'm no longer seeing him regularly. Mm -hmm. And, um, we take it day by day. I've started working out again, which has been a really good for me. It's been good for our family to see us working out. I think the best, you know, do as I say, not as I do doesn't always work, mm -hmm. but for them, our kids to see us working out is important. See me too. self-care. 
Good. Well, we can move on from that, but thank you for sharing that with us. Um, Now, therapeutic knitting is not something that I've ever heard of before until, of course, you and I connected, and it really intrigued me right away. So please tell us about that. When did you start? How did you learn it? And how did it help you through your illness? Um, Knitting, I honestly did not know about the therapeutic value of knitting. I've always done some sort of crochet or knitting since I was, I don't even know when my grandmother taught me. I was 12 years old. She taught me. It was just something I did. It was always something I did. As I um, went through life, I was always working on a blanket for something or somebody. And when I was in school and I started really focusing down, I realized this is a tool. You know, every meditation has become really hip right now. And I'm somebody who has a hard time with meditation, closing my eyes, sitting, doing yoga, that's not my bag. But sitting with my knitting needles and some yarn and quiet, that I found helps me calm down. I didn't realize what I was doing, but I realized as I did the research that that's what it was. It was a form of meditation. And then the more I dig into it, you see that the research is there. It can help with anxiety. It can help with depression. It can help you focus your brain. I tend, as you can tell, I talk fast. When I knit, it forces me to slow down. I have to slow down my talk. My thoughts slow down. So when I was, you know, anxious, when I was waiting in the doctor's office, I could either sit there and worry and go through all the why me's and the what ifs and, or I could just focus on my yarn. And that's what I did. You know, when you feel out of control, knitting is a great way to to control something, even if it's a small piece of yarn. That's right. And when you say about, because meditation is something that I myself am trying really hard to develop a practice in, and I have a hard time doing it as well. Um, But, you know, anything that you can do to be mindful is good. And even if it's knitting, you're, it's, Basically, anything can become a meditative practice, even washing the dishes, if you're mindful when you're doing it. And I'm sure that that's what the knitting does for you. Um, On your website, you list all of the benefits of knitting. And I'd love for you to go over some of those with us because I really think people would be surprised at just how beneficial it can be. Of course. I love it. Um, It is a big sense of accomplishment. That's, you know, um, I've taught it at different people at different points in their lives. So being able to accomplish something, learning a new skill, that's huge. Even when, you know, every time I learn a new stitch in knitting, I get excited because, yes, I did something. Um, it's a portable thing. You can keep it in your purse. So if you're an anxious flyer, you bring it to the airport. TSA allows it, and you can calm your brain. It forces your brain to slow down. Um, it engages both sides of your hands. It's tactile, so it keeps your, your hands nimble, keeps your brain going. Mm. Um, you know, if you're going through a difficult time in your life and you, you feel alone, it can be a good way to socialize. Going to a yarn store, nine times out of ten, you can find a yarn store. There'll be a comfy chair where you can just sit and engage. It's a different way of socializing where you're not talking about, oh, I'm a therapist and I'm a mom and I'm this. No, I'm just a person here knitting. Um, it can be a way of, of showing someone you love when you don't always have the words, you know, if making a hat for somebody, you can put your love, your positive thoughts. I hope this keeps them warm. Um, you can make somebody a baby blanket, sending your love, your thoughts, your positive energy for that. It's a different way of communicating. It's a very personal way of communicating. 
I love it. I love it. So I know that the knitting, were you done by the way? I'm sorry. I, I hope I didn't cut you off. No, you're okay. good. I think okay. so. Okay. I mean, there's just, there's so many, there's different- so many things I know, like you could probably go on and on and on, but I basically just wanted you to point out the main benefits and you did that. Um, I know the knitting was very helpful to you throughout your illness, but I really want to point out that you don't have to have an illness to experience the benefits of knitting, as you're telling us now. I know that you also use it to cope with daily struggles. So let's talk about how it helps you with your the stresses of a blended family, because that is what I'm sure most of my listeners are dealing with right now. Or perhaps you can even share a story about a client who's had success with it therapeutically. Absolutely. Um, I was thinking about this, and you know, when we first when you first come as a blended family and I, I didn't, I don't have my own kids. So I, I was the new, I felt like the new girl in the crowd. All of a sudden, um, you feel, uh, you know, you get that teenager uncomfortableness, like where am I going to fit in? How am I going to belong? Even though I'm a trained professional, I still had those feelings of how do I fit in? My husband and his daughters had their rhythm and routine. So I found that when we were watching a movie, I could just knit and I didn't feel so out of place. Um, it was a way for me to connect with my stepdaughters. It was a way for us to, they would, what are you doing? Oh, can I show you this? And it was a conversation starter for us. It was, um, something that I taught them to do. So that was a way for us to bond, you know, for, for different blended families, you can do different things with it. You can, it can give you a sense of your own. This is something that I do. I knit, I like to knit. I sit, you know, I may not be snuggling on the couch with them right now. We have that awkwardness of, you know, who's hand holding, who's sitting with daddy, who's sitting over here. I was just knitting. So it wasn't a weird thing of Andrea sitting by herself. No, Andrea's in her knitting chair doing her thing. As we progressed, the girls started partaking in the knitting. They don't knit the way I knit, but every once in a while they'll pull it out and work on their stuff. Um, it can be a way to connect with them, you know, making them something, showing them like, look, I made this for you. It's, you may not have the words to say, I love you. I want you to be part of my family. I want to be part of your family. But you can say, I made you a blanket for your doll or I made you a scarf or leg warms or something and start that conversation. I love that. And something that you said that I really want to point out because, I mean, I'm sure the listeners picked up on it, but you, Andrea, are you are licensed in the mental health field and you work with people on a professional level all the time, yet you are open and honest about the fact that as a stepmom, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter that you have those credibilities. It's still scary. It's still awkward. You still don't know what to do all the time as a stepmom and as a parent. And I like that you said that because I think some people don't get that. They think, you know, maybe they look at you and think, well, you must have it all together. You must be great stepmom because you've been educated. No, it doesn't work that way. And so um, thank you for saying that. And I really wanted to point that out. Um, okay. So it's one thing, Andrea, for you to know how to do it, but how do you go about teaching this? I've grown up watching people knit, but no one taught me the skill. So I want to know how hard is it to pick up and just how exactly do you teach others how to do it? Um, well, thank you for that. You know, I'm glad you said that. And I'm glad you noticed that that's one of my missions as a therapist is to show people that I'm a human being. I'm struggling yeah. in my life as well. Um, and I will teach you how to knit because it works for me. So it might work for you. And the way I teach people how to knit, if you come to my office for a session, we'll incorporate it into therapy. 
I'll give you part of your therapy lesson. Your therapy session will be a knitting lesson. We'll start with the basics, hands-on, and then I'll give you resources because I don't want people to ever get the illusion that I am this master knitter. I'm a knitter who's had a lot of practice and I'll give you resources. Here's some amazing YouTube videos that you can watch. And if you watch those videos, you'll get it. Go to your local yarn store or knitting shop. They, most of them provide free lessons. If you're interested in knitting, you purchase your supplies there. They'll have a beginner's knitting group. Ask somebody. Knitters, most knitters love to teach other people. I love it. I don't care who you are. If I met you on the subway or at Publix and you asked me for knitting lessons, I would hand you my card and say, I love it. Let me teach you, please. So you live in Florida. So what about people that don't live near you? Do you offer that over Skype or is that too difficult? Uh, I haven't tried. I'd be absolutely opening to trying, but I would, you know, turn pe- refer people to the experts, you okay. know, and I can provide you some great websites and resources that will show you how to knit. You know what? Um, When we, at the end, uh, when we get off, what I'll do is I'll get those from you. And listeners, whatever um, resources Andrea provides to me, I will go ahead and post in the show notes uh, for you all to refer to. Perfect. Um, So, yeah, so that that would help um, because... People probably want some local things, too, um, and YouTube is always a really good resource. Um, but listeners, if anyone lives near Andrea, you can you can see her in person, and you can even get a little therapy session while you learn to knit. I think that's amazing. Um, it's, it's just such a unique offering in your practice, and I love it. Um, but I don't want to ignore the fact that you are more and that you do more. So would you like to tell us about the other services that you provide? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the other thing I want to just one thing I want to say about knitting is when you start it, it's going to be tough. You're asking your, your hands to do stuff that they've never done before. So to be patient in yourself with yourself, because it's a lesson in patience. Your adults get a lot more frustrated. It was hands down easier to teach my stepdaughters how to knit than any adult. I believe because that. Yeah. They, they weren't anxious. They weren't afraid. They weren't expecting anything. They weren't expecting to get it in 60 seconds. So to be patient with yourself and understand that it'll come. Your, your hands are meant to learn to do things. Um, and back to my other services. So in addition to some people get thrown off a little bit by the knitting therapy and think that's all I do. But I also do couples therapy. I really like working with couples. Um, you know, my husband and I, we're a fairly new marriage. And we're a blended family. We're working on it. It's We don't have all the answers. We are a work in progress. And I like to share with couples what I've learned, what the research shows, different, you know, hands-on. I'm a very hands-on therapist. I believe in, you know, try this technique. How do we blend in technology in a positive way in our relationships? Um, I provide telehealth services, which is fairly new in the mental health field. But as people get busier, it's harder to find the time to access a therapist, Mm -hmm. you know, so being able to have a telehealth session, videoing your therapist at a time that's convenient for you, not a time that's only convenient for the therapist and having to drive for some people, that's two hours of their, of their week that they just can't afford. Yeah. That's just the reality. So telehealth is a new and different way. I also like, really enjoy working with women, um, recovering from health issues. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's something that I've had to do is again, you would think I'm a trained sex therapist. I'm a trained therapist. I should be able to breathe through a cancer, a cancer diagnosis, a surgery, but it was hard. It challenged my self-esteem. It challenged my body image. It challenged my sexuality. And 
there's not a lot of people talking about how hard that is. And you feel very alone. I think like everything, I think that's what your podcast does for the, the blended family community is you realize you're not alone. You're not alone struggling. You're not alone feeling like an anxious teenager with your partner's stepkid, uh, children. And you're not alone with, you know, struggling with recovering from a surgery, getting your life back and your confidence, your sexuality back. I bet a lot of people could relate with your, uh, the way that you're describing being the awkward teenager um, in that situation. And that's a very interesting way to put it. And I, I think that if I remembered back to when I first met my stepkids, and of course they were very young at the time, but I, I can recognize that, that feeling in myself. And I bet a lot of other step parents can too, that feeling of being the odd man out. So it's interesting the way that you put that. Um, that's very, very true. Very true. I, I read it in a book. I think it was step monster. I don't want to misquote, but, okay. and, and I read it and I thought, oh my gosh, that is how I feel. Yeah. I feel like this weird teenager who's like, do you like me? Don't you like me? Yeah. And it was just, but that validation of reading it from somebody else going, Oh, I'm not, I'm not a freak. I'm not feeling something that I shouldn't be feeling. Someone wrote a book about it. So clearly other stepmoms are struggling too. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I did a poll a few weeks ago in our Facebook group and I asked, you know, who was bio mom, stepmom, bio dad, and stepdad. And of course, as I imagined, the largest grouping was stepmoms. Those are the people that I think struggle the most in the blended family unit, it's always the stepmoms. I don't know why, or at least maybe they're just more vocal about it than the stepdads. Uh, but definitely step parenting is, is much harder uh, than being a bio parent. It's very interesting. Um, so, and, and I definitely am going to have you back on a future show uh, where we can talk about sexuality and how to keep that going in a blended family unit. So we will, we will have you back maybe in a few months to do that. Uh, for now, Andrea, what is the best way for people to connect with you? My website, 363therapy.com or email me at Andrea at 363therapy.com. Perfect. And of course, all your links will be in the show notes for my listeners. I also want to mention that if anyone wants to reach out to Andrea, She's a member of our private Facebook group as well. If you're not a member yet, you can join simply by going to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. And there you can connect with her directly. And she's a member because, like she said, she has a blended family of her own. And that is how we connected. Uh, Andrea, before we go, I'd like to give you an opportunity to share some last words of advice with the listeners or add anything else you want them to know. Um, my last is look for your connection. I think that's the biggest thing is, is whatever you're struggling with, you're not alone. So finding that other stepmom, you're nobody's no two situations are alike, but if you can find someone that sounds a little like you and says, okay, you know, that's why I love the Facebook group because I can go on there and go, oh my gosh, that sounds like me. That sounds like how I'm feeling. Or I'll go to a knitting store and see that someone's struggling or using knitting to deal with their life stresses. We all are looking for connection. And if we step a little bit outside of our box, the connection is there to be had. I say it all the time. Life is not meant to be done alone. We do, as humans, we crave connection. Uh, it has been such a pleasure chatting with you today. I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for coming on today to talk with me and being frank and open and honest. Thank you for being a part of our community. We really appreciate it. 
Thank you for having me. I look forward to more chats. Definitely. Listeners, I do hope that you enjoyed that interview with Andrea. As promised, I do have a giveaway, and it goes with today's conversation. The winner this month is Cindy Duran. And Cindy, you have won a book called Knitting for Beginners, which I thought if you like today's show, that might be something that you want to try. And I will be emailing you to arrange shipment on your gift. For the rest of you, make sure you're on my list so that next month you have a chance to win. Thank you as always for listening and for your support. Have a great week. Bye. You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Melissa.